Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast on low self-controlled theory. We are Alicia, Sabrina, and Jennifer. Here's some history on the theory and how it came to be. Travis Hershey and Matt Godfesson collaborated on numerous occasions between writing a book called A General Theory of Crime in the 80s and later in 1990, they developed the low self-control theory, which has much more significance now than when it first emerged. Like previous controlled theories of crime, this theory assumes that people are born predisposed towards self-centered activities. An article from a Penn State professor provided the fact that Garfison and Hershey hypothesized that a child's level of self-control, which is heavily influenced by child brain practices, stabilized by the time they reached the age of 10. Thus, they identified parenting as the most decisive factor in determining the likelihood that a person will commit crimes. Children reared in settings of neglect or abuse, for example, would be more likely to commit criminal acts, while children raised in supervised homes, where punishment is a consequence of bad behavior, would be more likely to withstand temptations toward criminal conduct. In addition to criminal delinquent acts, low self-control is manifested in tendencies to be impulsive, insensitive, physical, risk-oriented, short-sighted, and non-variable. The distinguishing characteristic of this theory is its emphasis on the person's ability to control themselves. If social controls and other socialization skills are not acquired by age 10, individuals will forever exhibit low low self-control. Criminologists recently claimed that low self-control may be due to the emotional disposition of individuals. For example, one study illustrated that the effects of low self-control on intentions to commit drunk driving offenses and shoplifting were tied to an individual's perceptions of pleasure and shame. More so, the findings showed that those who exhibited low self-control had significantly lower levels of anticipated shame, but significantly higher levels of perceived pleasure in both offenses. The results indicate that those exhibit a lack of or low self-control will be oriented towards gaining pleasure and taking advantage of being able to escape from, in this case, emotional deterrence. Physiological aspects of low low self-control are also associated um, and tied to the trait, as the findings from research has demonstrated that chronic offenders show greater levels of arousal towards danger and risk-taking than towards the possibility of punishment. The variable of arousal has been measured by monitoring participants' brain activity in response to certain stimuli. The recent the research recently suggests that individuals are encouraged to commit risky behavior due to physiological mechanisms that reward their risk-taking activities by releasing pleasure chemicals into the brain. I will be discussing two policies that I believe should be put in place in order to prevent crime from occurring. One policy out of place are rehabilitation programs. Studies show that the most effective rehabilitation programs for offenders should be based on a cognitive behavioral approach which teaches individuals to think before the act. This proposal has revealed to be a great success in helping to reduce criminal behavior. Another policy I would place are school programs that aim to clarify and communicate norms for various behaviors by establishing school rules and consistently enforcing them through positive reinforcement and school-wide campaigns. If these programs were established, we would be able to assist children above the age of 10 who have not developed self-control. Thank you for listening to our podcast on low self-control theory. Goodbye.